0: So I got to tell you, dude, we are in full on, like the level of manga obsession at my house right now is just, well, it's off the charts.
1: God, I'm so jealous.
0: I mean, it's like every single night, both of my kids are just like-
1: Jane too?
0: Oh yeah, dude. Wow. She read all of the entire Dragon Ball Z series, like 26 volumes. Oh my gosh! Uh, And now we're we're getting into like a new series. That man, we've only we only got the first book. Jane's all in. No, 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 no. (laughs) See, that's the you know the thing about manga is.
1: Hey, pals, welcome back to your favorite podcast, That Would Be Rad, the podcast that majors in 80s and 90s nostalgia, comic culture, all things paranormal, and minors in retro video games, tabletop RPGs, manga, pre-internet mysteries, and raising our kids to be half as cool as we were back in the 80s. I'm your host, Tyler Bentz, and this is your other host, Woody Brown. Hey, pal. I
0: mean, I guess they really do, when they say the third time's the charm.
1: It was, yeah. They really mean it, you know? (laughs) Boy. Man, it's been a long time since I've like just straight up messed up on the intro. Well,
0: has it though?
1: Yes, I'm pretty sure you do every week. But that's, well, I mean, the breath thing—that's a different story. That's, yeah. Well, that got me
0: last. Uh, well, I say last mm-hmm. week. I mean, that was you know, gosh. Again, thanks to all our listeners who have given us so much uh, love and support over the past couple of weeks. And oh yeah, well just the, keep on returning back for uh, for more because last week's episode was definitely run and gun,
1: and mm-hmm. I, I can't believe we knocked it out so quickly. Oh, I can't. And, um, I mean, it was just going to be like a, hey, this is your pals Woody and Tyler, and we're just touching base for, like, 15 minutes. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, we kind of pulled it out.
0: Yeah. And, I mean, like, we kind of briefly, I think I briefly mentioned this, like, in the thing, but I don't think I illustrated it like I wanted to, and that is, like, one of the things that I kind of talked about last week was how, like, everybody kind of goes through stuff in life, you Mm -hmm. know, and finding whatever it is that you love that will kind of, like, either help distract you or just help you, like, process or deal with it or or whatever is so healthy. And for me, and I think you two, just being able to hop on the mic, talk to one another, talk Mm -hmm. to you, the listener, Mm -hmm. boy, it's, it's therapeutic i mean if, yeah. if i'm you know if i'm being yeah. honest
1: yeah it definitely is i mean especially like you know i mean we're not like a massive podcast yet but you know our loyal listeners are like sort of true blue like folks that like are, are coming back every single week to listen to the podcast like just seeing like for example like when i and i didn't even post this on the, uh, the podcast page, but, uh, just on my personal site, you know, we, we got into it all in the last episode, but, um, you know, when my daughter was having like issues, it was just like, bam, 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 bam. All of these, like these folks that are, that are, you know, fans and listeners, like we're just reaching out with like, you know, so much kindness. And, uh, it, it just, it feels good to know that like, for all the the massive amount of work that, like, we put into this, that, like, it kind of comes back, you know? Yeah, for sure, it's cool. man. It's awesome.
0: Um, okay, man, so this week it's kind of my turn, I thought, to mm-hmm. kind of bring something that maybe you hadn't heard of before and maybe our listeners haven't heard of before. And you know I do love an obscure story oh, yeah. from around the globe, you know? Mm-hmm. So if you're down... Let me go ahead and get this puppy started. Let's get into it. First, I have a question for you, okay. Tyler. Mm-hmm. Have you ever heard of the Bukit Tima Monkey Man?
1: Um <laughs> Well, it's a it's a weird question. The reason I'm I'm sort of taking a long time is the Bukit Tima part, absolutely not. But I do feel like the, the term monkey man, I feel mm-hmm. like. I feel like that's sort it's of a little a, bit of a synonymous term. Yeah, like a colloquialism that yeah. like you'll see in in your more like primitive areas yeah. or Yep. You know what I mean? Yeah. Exactly. Like I, I, like I feel like there's like a maybe like a uh, like, it's
0: almost like you can immediately like picture that in your mind a little bit of a difference between you know a creature that is described as monkey man and say Bigfoot. Yes, you yes. know. Yeah. There's a there's a mental sort of visual difference there. And it's interesting that you said that that's relatively more common with sort of a more uh, primitive setting and stuff. Mm-hmm. Well, today's story takes us all the way across the pond, if you will, long pond to the Bukit Tima Nature Reserve in Singapore. Oh, cool. So before we get into this quote-unquote monkey man First, let me give the listener a little bit of context uh, about Singapore in general, just in case they don't know much about it and why in the world it would be significant to me. Mm -hmm. First and foremost, folks, especially if you're a new listener, you might not know this, but I was actually born overseas, you guessed it, in Singapore. And because of my dad's job, we lived overseas off and on throughout my early childhood, but then more semi-permanently uh, all through sort of grade school up until about eighth, almost ninth grade. Mm-hmm. There's just like some of the cool and rad sort of facts and trivia about Singapore, I think that some people may know, but mostly they don't. Because when you think of Singapore, you think of what?
1: Um, Like pretty busy, I mean, I guess sort of a city type yeah, 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 yeah. setting, but like kind of nuts a little <laughs> bit. <laughs> well, so whenever I... Came back to the states, and I was in
0: school, and people would be like, you know, where were you born? Or, or and if I said anything about Singapore at that time, they would say, Oh, you mean like where people like if you get in trouble, they're like super strict, and you get caned. Oh, right. Yeah. And so that was like mm. the first thing
1: that people thought of when I came back and and kind of explained where I used to live. Yeah, and that that would be from like like if you like spit your like gum on the ground. Well, gum is illegal in the country, and we'll get there. <laughs> So let me just say this,
0: Singapore Mm -hmm. is, well, it's like extremely vibrant, bustling. I mean, Mm -hmm. I would almost say like, it's just like this insane metropolis. I mean, like, I just picture like crazy, like street markets everywhere. You know, it's funny, like, yes, there are amazing markets, but again, it is the cleanest place I've ever been
1: to. The buildings are just like the architecture and the art and everything. It's just mm-hmm. beautiful. But but didn't they get? And I don't mean to like derail you, but didn't they? Didn't it used to be a lot like crazier? And then they got like a new leader that, yes, he sort of imposed these super strict laws. But then like, but it did actually like clean up and make everything. Yeah, better? I
0: mean, I don't know the ext- like the
1: long term history
0: of it. But mm-hmm. all I know is from about the time that I was born until like now Mm -hmm. it's always been like very strict but extremely like it's one of the safest cities in the world yeah it's one of the cleanest cities in the world i think that's a fairly new thing though Um, i mean new is in like 40 plus years yeah yeah so let me talk about where it's located and this is part of like kind of what makes it unique so it's actually an an island city state Mm -hmm. it's located at the southern tip of the malay peninsula 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 Peninsula. Oh, here we go. I'm not uh-uh, I'm not keeping that in there. <laughs> the southern tip of the Malay Peninsula. Still sounding weird. You better put it in there. Peninsula. I'm not doing it. Hold I on. just want, I not listen, because you leave in every mistake that I have ever That's made. Not <laughs> That's not true. That's not true. And it's in Southeast Asia. Basically, if you're looking at a map, mm-hmm. okay, and you find Malaysia, it's at the very southern tip, and it's separated by this, like, small strait called the Johor Strait. And that right there, that little island, Singapore. Hmm. But despite its small sort of geographical size, it is one of the most prosperous modern cities in the world. Wow! Here's something else that's cool: it's both a city and a country.
1: Yeah, that that's why I was kind of having a hard time explaining it because, like, I don't like when I say city, I don't I don't think of like high rises and stuff. But I mean, I'm sure they have that. That that's the majority of it. See, Weird. and this is great because like it's interesting. That
0: that's what you think of. I think generally, and it's hard for me to kind of look at it through the. I'm lens thinking of like
1: '80s those, movies.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's not. I mean, even then, man. I mean, like the, the downtown areas of a lot of like, Asian countries and, and capitals. You know, like um, Bangkok or Jakarta or you know most of those are just very dense. In terms of population, oh, yeah. large sky rises, you know, all this stuff. And then as you kind of move further out, it's just out. like there's a there's like a cliff. It just drops in terms of like now you're looking at like small little huts. I mean, yeah. Singapore's not like that in terms of it being even remotely third world, but Jakarta, for example,
1: mm-hmm. absolutely is like that. And so. and how how far from each other Is would would like Jakarta be from Singapore? Yeah, I don't know the the exact mileage, but it's
0: really close. I mean, a plane ride is probably like thirty minutes, forty minutes. You know, just Mm -hmm. up in the air, and then almost immediately when you get to cruising altitude, you're coming back, uh, coming back down the land. So very, Mm -hmm. very quick. Yeah. So again, it's both a city and a country, Mm -hmm. and I mean, often referred to as like a city state. And you know, I didn't really know. Well, let me give you some dimensions here. So the land area itself is just over 270 square miles or 700 square kilometers for our international listeners Mm -hmm. using the metric system. And it has a population of about 5.7 million people. And so one of the things that I wondered when I first kind of landed on this topic idea was, you know, something I never really thought about and or looked up was, are there other city states like this? I mean, I couldn't think of any. And the ones that I found were basically Monaco and Vatican City, hmm. but it's interesting because Vatican City is, you know, it's landlocked, so to speak. It's just a small area, mm-hmm. and there's no really like. The answer to the ultimate question is: there's no other sort of sovereign city states like Singapore, meaning that, oh wow, there are there are countries that are entirely.
1: Um, it's comprised um, of a single city, yeah. So, so, so it's very you're unique it, in that way. It is like, like Vatican City in that well, way.
0: Well, all I know is what I found. There's not a country that is just comprised of a single city. So, whereas like right. Vatican City, yeah, it's it has its sort of own ruling government and you know that kind of thing. But it's a, within a bigger country. Singapore is not only separated geographically, by land, yeah. yeah, geographically, but also just. It's everything. It's a city. It's a country. It's mm. an island. It's it's very unique. I didn't know any of that. that well, cool. that's why I'm bringing it up. Hey, thank you. <laughs> um, it's often referred to as the Lion City, and when you Google like Singapore, one of the things that that comes up is this really cool, uh, relatively. I mean, it's what I think of when I think of Singapore. There's this like fountain that you'll see, and it's like a, a fish body with like a lion head, and it's like, the water's coming out of it, it's like the lionfish or whatever. Mm. It's kind of like their sort of symbol or whatever. So so not like an actual lionfish, but like, no, yeah, it's just yeah, called yeah. that? Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, so it's sometimes called Lion City, because apparently like the Sanskrit
1: origin of the word Singapura, which means Lion City. There's, how did you just nail that pronunciation, but you failed miserably with peninsula? Peninsula. Yeah,
0: I don't know. (laughs) Thanks, Val. Peninsula. I mean, there's all kinds of other, like, I don't know, trivia. I mean, yes, it's illegal to chew gum in in Singapore. I remember one time we we flew in, and I think we were coming back to Jakarta from, like, Christmas break in the States or something like that, and I had a pack of gum in my pocket. And I remember being so dang scared, realizing (laughs) this once we landed, and I'm now, like, in the customs
1: line. I'm like, oh, my God. I mean, are we talking like, like at the airport, if you have gum, like it's like a, is it just like like, a sign? If I remember right
0: now, it's been several years since I've been there, but I remember in my memory, there being like a sign that's like gum is illegal in this country, you know, beyond this point, you'll get fined. So it's not like you're going to get arrested, but there's a fine for everything. If you don't, there's a sign at the toilets that says like, if you don't flush the toilet, it's like a, you know. Twenty five dollar fine or whatever. So I mean, little things like that. If you litter, big time fines.
1: You know, one well, um, one of the cool things, and the reason that that I brought that up earlier is I was just listening to a podcast that was kind of talking about this, and this is why I was saying that. Like, I, I think it's actually, already. <laughs> it, that I, I think it's like a fairly sort of newish kind of thing. But if one of the sort of decrees is like if you're caught with with drugs. I, and I don't know if it's, like, you're caught with drugs or you're caught, like, specifically, like, selling drugs. Mm. Either you're, way, you're still caught with them, but You're immediately ahead. hanged.
0: Mm. See, like, which, I don't Which know. has made it an
1: almost completely, like, drugless society, oh, which yeah. is I don't amazing. know if it's, like, that quick. I'm sure you go to court,
0: but, yeah, you're probably, the sentence is probably hanging or caning or whatever. Oh, no, 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 it's, it's immediate like, death. In Singapore? Mm-hmm. I literally just just listened to a podcast about this. Wow, yeah. yeah. So I mean, again, it is in the world one of the safest cities in the world. Yep, lowest crime rate. You know, strict laws and heavy, heavy policing. Mm-hmm. Okay, it's also like a melting pot kind of a country because of its location, right? You've got like English. Uh, well, you know, as far as languages go, man. Like, especially like overseas. Almost everyone, you know, the international school that I went to, quick shout out to uh, Jakarta International School, mm-hmm. which it's now called Jakarta Intercultural School. Almost every kid there spoke more than one language, you know. And, and so in Singapore, the official, it actually has four official languages, English, Malay, Tamil, and Mandarin. And so you've got this like... Melting pot of cultures, Asian cultures, but also some European influence and stuff, especially because like the Dutch were real heavy. I mean, they, you know, basically ruled and controlled a lot of the uh, Indonesian islands. There's, you want to talk about food, man? Oh my gosh, dude. It is unbelievable. It's the, it, you know, we would just walk around, go to these markets, get these just delicious foods. Mm-hmm. like I'm the, all about that stuff Oh uh, man, it's just so awesome and it's cool because like because there's so many different influences everything from Malaysian to Indian to Chinese mm-hmm. there's just any and all kind of foods you can kind of try out but then there's also these really cool more modern chefs that kind of fuse a lot of that stuff and then come oh, up with yeah. these brand new creations that are just not only beautiful but delicious and it's just so cool man. That is
1: cool. That's really cool.
0: Okay. So, overall, yes, Singapore is like extremely unique. It is a bustling metropolis. It's also,
1: you know, because of the. Oh, here, real quick. Sorry to, uh, hey. sorry to derail you, but I just looked it up and just cannabis alone, mm-hmm. um, possession of it, up to 10 years of imprisonment uh, and a $20,000 fine or both if you're caught trafficking it or trying to export it up to 500 grams may face the death penalty yeah man and this this is like lessened from what it was it used to be immediately you were you were hanged in them yeah wow i mean it's one of those things where
0: it all kind of sounds like intense right but But at the same time it's like there's a couple things one you kind of get nervous and you want to make sure you keep track of your uh, luggage at all times. Oh, yeah. Someone accidentally slips it in your bag, next thing you know. I mean, what's that movie, dude? It's got, like, Claire Danes. Oh, um, didn't it have Vince, did, did it like have the Vince hot, Vaughn here? Uh, no, that's a different one. But that same kind of vibe. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Anyway,
1: okay. what is it so, called something like Triangle? I don't know, man. Not the pink kay. triangle. That's a... I don't know, man. Weezer okay. reference. <laughs> um, I gotta take this. I gotta take this.
0: Oh, gosh. So it's sprawling. It's busy. Mm-hmm. Think of it as, like... You know this metropolis mm-hmm. very successful expensive very nice clean safe place something that i rarely thought about is that outside of that main area are these like lush rainforests mm-hmm. you know they also have beautiful like gardens and stuff within the city they're very sort of famous for their botanical gardens and stuff and i've been to them a million times But I never really, when I think of Singapore, I'd never think of, oh, like, there's got to be, you know, a nature preserve that would facilitate the potential uh, environment to house this cryptid creature. Hmm. Now we're talking. Yeah. So when we get back from the break, we are going to dive into this monkey man.
1: After these messages, we'll be right back
0: Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA,
1: member FDIC. America's future can be determined by our dreams and our visions. It was very intense. For over 200 years, there have been reports of giant man-like creatures. From another dimension, another world, I don't know. The most intriguing mystery on the North American continent. This is Joshua Cutchen, and you're at my home for weirdness. That would be rad. Yeah, it is weird, man, because I literally just heard about that, and I I was, like, blown away. And, I mean, even this stuff that I just read to you, this is, like, on their official, like, you know, website. Yeah. But it is pretty, like, funny because... Like, I th- it like this is, I mean, even down to like the way they like explain it, it's like cannabis can affect concentration and memory, which weakens the abuser's ability to learn. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> so it's like saying like, hey, this is us helping you. Yeah, hey, right man. here, the Misuse of Drugs Act, and, it, ha- and it, it changed over in 1973.
0: Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like from the 80s on, it yeah. was, um, you know, it's also an intense place, like, well, in intense place. They have rules such as, on your 18th birthday, if you're Singaporean... You have to go to fight a tiger. No, you have to be in the military. You have to serve in the military.
1: Oh. Um, in like, fact... What is it? Is, um, not Israeli. Maybe Israeli. I don't know. Oh, it, I think it is Israeli, actually. Special Forces? Probably wrong. Okay.
0: Deep in the rainforest of Singapore, man, is where our episode takes us today. So, deep within lies an enigmatic creature that has been the subject of local legend for decades and we're talking about the bukit Timah monkey man also known as the singapore bigfoot wow cool so he's been described as a you guessed it bipedal primate mm-hmm. that stands over six feet tall covered in like a long grayish hair and here's what's cool man possessing pair of bright red eyes that glow in the dark. Wow. Now, the creature's origins are kind of shrouded in mystery, and some folks suggest that it might be a remnant of a long-extinct ape species that once roamed the forests of Southeast mm-hmm. Asia. Others claim that it is a product, and here's where I thought, like, ooh, yeah, this is, this is really more of our speed, and knew you'd like this a product of genetic experimentation or a supernatural being that inhabits the wilderness Mm. yeah so some of the first sightings of the bukit-tima monkey man were reported in the 1950s with a witness describing a large ape-like creature that was seen roaming the dense forests around bukit-tima hill over the years there have been sporadic reports of sightings with some even claim to have seen the creature in the daytime. Mm. But mostly others insist that it really appears at night. One of the most famous ones, of course, occurred in the late 80s when a group of teenagers hiking in the nature reserve stumbled upon the creature. Now, I'm actually going to read some of the firsthand accounts as given from a bunch of folks that were originally printed in Singapore's first English language newspaper called The New Paper um, I nice. didn't get super creative with the title <laughs> but you know it, you know, it kind of just lets you know what it is and I like that, uh-huh. you know, they cut to the chase pretty quickly mm-hmm. now this, The New Paper didn't come out until 1988 but check out some of these reports This comes from a 48-year-old taxi driver called Seren Goon, all right? And this is what he says. When driving my taxi past the fire station on Upper Bukit Tima Road in the middle of the night, I hit what I thought was a child that ran out in the middle of the road. It was on the car bonnet. Little side note in case our American listeners don't know what a bonnet is. It's the... It's kind of, they're referring to the hood of the car. Hmm. Jumping back in. Yep. It was on the car bonnet, and then it snarled at me. It was like a monkey, but so big. It ran off, injured, covered in blood, and holding its arm, which was broken. The next report comes from a 29-year-old housewife. (laughs) Cool description. Who said... I was going to the bus stop early one morning to catch the 171 bus. It was very foggy and cold. I thought I saw a tramp going through the rubbish bin. However, when I approached, it called out with a loud animal sound and ran back into the forest. It was gray, hairy, and ran on two legs, but had a monkey's face. I was shivering with fear and called the police, but to no avail. It's funny with some of these, you know, you can tell that uh, that 1988 English translation was more of like a year. Yeah. A tramp going through the rubbish bin. (laughs) Yeah. Um, All right. This one comes from a 65 year old retiree. And he recalled this creature being talked about from his childhood. He says, we were always told as children when in the Kampung, not to go near the forest at night due to the monkey man of course we never saw it ourselves but it was always some uncle or friend of the family who'd seen it once we were shown these footprints near the forest road and i remember the strong urine smell Hmm. whenever we heard shrieks coming from the jungle we would tell each other don't disturb the monkey man Now, despite numerous sightings and reports of the creature, there, uh, you know, like most of these things, there have been no concrete evidence to prove its existence. However, obviously, this wouldn't stop locals and tourists trying to find and catch a glimpse of this elusive creature. And the Bukitima Nature Reserve, where the monkey man is said to inhabit, attracts thousands of visitors every year who want to kind of explore the lush rainforest and perhaps encounter this legendary creature it's a 164 acre park Mm -hmm. located just a few kilometers from the downtown area of singapore and it's got such a diverse range of flora and fauna and stuff and i think they said like over 800 species of plants and over 500 species of animals and almost 200 species of birds i mean this is an area of the world tyler and listener where like the biodiversity is other than like the Galapagos Islands or something. It's so mm-hmm. rich.
1: Almost like like another Amazon type.
0: I mean, exactly, man. So saying. many creatures, so many like, I mean, they're still discovering creatures mm-hmm. in the jungles of Southeast Asia like every year. Oh, you yeah. Know? Oh, yeah. It's interesting too because this reserve and this area, well, there's other creatures with similar stories. One that we've kind of briefly talked about before is the Orang Pendek, which is in Indonesia. And then, like even like the the urine in China. Yep. yep. Here's something neat that I found. So in 1932, there was this article written about the orang pendek, and the Singapore Press basically that's where it came out. It wrote in detail about these creature about these creatures, and it was called the mysterious jungle races of Sumatra: giants and pygmies. And it was released July 19th, 1932. Wow. Now just marinate on that for a second, man. 1932 man I mean you know what I'm saying like this is far before uh what um oh you talking about like uh like Patty yeah yeah like 30 plus years right Mm -hmm. before Patterson Gimlin Mm -hmm. but of course not before like gold prospectors saw Bigfoot up in the the valley of the headless men oh yeah hear more about the valley of headless men in that would be rad season one episode 41.
1: let me pull up this 1932 article Hey, real quick, while you're doing that, um, how how tall did you say this this one was? Sir, so, so, some have said that it was like six foot tall. Like, so the um, monkey man—that's the one mm-hmm, you talk, that's what mm-hmm. you're talking about. Because the yeah, the, like what you were saying, like with the pygmy thing, the orang deck is like. Um, I think a lot of people believe that it's like a ground sloth. Mm. I think that could have yeah. gone extinct or whatever because it's like really small. It's like three feet tall. Yeah, supposedly. Yeah, and there's,
0: like, a bunch of different, um, apparently, too, like, Japanese soldiers during World War II that had survived kind of wild areas instead of, like, little temporary camps in, in mainland Malay kind of talked about sightings of some sorts of creatures. Now, I wasn't able to find that in writing, but I did find, no joke, the actual article from 1932. Oh, man. And so it, this one is more about the Orang Pendek, but we can kind of, let's just for a second, assume that in some way, because of the geographic location, mm-hmm. these are somewhat related. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So it says, this is the title of the article, Mysterious Jungle Races of Sumatra, Giants and Pygmies, Guard Swine and Have Their Heels in Front. Not sure what that means. Let's, let's dig in. Mm-hmm. The story of the so-called Orang Pendek and in parentheses, it says pygmy. Shot recently at Rokan in Sumatra. What the? Is this article saying that they shot one? Whoa. Oh, let's keep going. Shot recently at Rokan in Sumatra have, has given rise to comment in the Sumatra vernacular papers, one of which gives particulars of other legendary jungle people in Sumatra. These, according to the people of the Menang Kambua, may be divided into five classes, the Orang-lubu, or kubu, the Orang-pendek, or Lichi, C bigwa, mawas, and baksaksa, which means giants. The following particulars of these strange beings are given. Man, dude, this is mm. crazy. We're about to dive into each one of those. This is neat. Arong lecho They didn't say that before, but we're going to keep <laughs> on going. Where <laughs> um, come from. The existence of Orang Lubu or Kubu is well known. They are found in the territories of Jambi and Pelembang and on the boundary of Sumatra, basically. Mm-hmm. In former days, they were also found in the western part of Sumatra, that is, in the forests of Rao and Bukit Gindang. Mm-hmm. A lot of names here. Orang Lubu never live in one place permanently, it is their habit to wander about. They possess a language, customs, and manners of their own. Some of them have acquired a knowledge of rice planting and associate themselves with farmers, but they do not know how to select their foods. In the manner of dress, they imitate the farmers, owing to their constant association with the latter. Whoever visits a hut of Oranglubu must shout from afar, Saniki Sanak, which means, My brethren, my brethren. If he acts in this way, he will be welcomed by them. But if otherwise, he might receive injury from them. It might be that the Lubu are one of the original inhabitants of Sumatra. Wow, that's cool. As life is becoming harder and harder, these people are forced to go and live on the countryside. And as their life is not properly looked after, their number is decreasing. Just real quick on that one. It's kind of like the... And maybe it's just my lack of knowledge here, but that's kind of one of the first times that I've ever really thought about a more like nomadic mm-hmm. living, I guess, approach for these types of creatures. You know, I mean, I guess like well, in I, a way, I, like primates and stuff kind of do that, but for the most part, they set up like, like seasonal
1: base of operations, kind of right. I mean, but I wonder if I wonder if they're saying that more in a way of like you Know since this thing is so human like, you know, because it went into like some of the speech and stuff. Like, I wonder if they're saying that's like an extremely nomadic behavior for a more human type yeah. animal, you know what I mean? Yeah, but for like other primates, like,
0: yeah, you know, for the most part, I think like when they're describing orang lubu, mm-hmm. they may actually be referring to like more like pygmy type. Oh, people, like, because they didn't really like
1: describe him as being like I don't know. Well, the orang pendek is like yeah. covered in hair and yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, interesting. Uh, which, by the way, I made a mistake earlier when I said that the orang pendek was the one that was uh, a lot of people thought was a ground sloth. That is actually the mapinguari from mm. Brazil. Ah. I just had to
0: clarify. Yeah, what I've read about the Iran orang pendek is that like basically there's a lot of the, the information about this and these creatures kind of differs from account to account. Like, you'll find some stuff online specifically about the pendic that is more, yeah, they're smaller in stature. Mm-hmm. You know, questionably, you can almost, like, start to see, especially with, like, these, this guy's kind of describing these, like, more, like, pygmy, um, primitive sort of tribes of people that live in the deep, deep forests for somebody that's like a Westerner or coming from a, you know, European country and then kind of seeing these folks for the first time, they may think of them as like, you know, wild sort of like, I think about like an old, um, oh God, Little Rascals, epi- you know, like a, ep- like like a black wild and white man. episode. Yeah,
1: like the wild man of Borneo and yeah, that kind of right. thing. Although it does say that because I would totally, I mean, I, I, like I'd heard obviously of the Orang Pendek, but one of the one of the things about it though that keeps sort of popping up is it says that like they were so strong though that they could uproot full trees and break uh rattan vines rattan vines yeah um which i guess are probably pretty pretty substantial but um mm-hmm. so i don't know that there's there's like these sort of feats about it that lead me to believe that it's something a little more than like just you know like a a pygmy or like a a short person um, yeah which is funny because that's what orang pendek actually like means. It means short person or little man. Yeah. So orang lecho,
0: it mm-hmm. says uh, orang leche, well, you changed it there, right in the same sentence, <laughs> were found in the western part of Sumatra. Um, and they were found by people who went into the forest in search of rubber. Mm-hmm. And they are apparently fond of living in the thick forest with plenty of streams. They mm-hmm. fear human beings very much. They are short. And possess a language of their own, they speak at a terrible speed, he says. They eat fruits and also fish. They are sometimes found catching fish in the streams in the forests. Whenever they see a human being, they will shout, Tarenka," which probably means, I love that assumption a human being, a human being. <laughs> when they hear this warning uh, when they hear this warning note from their friends, they immediately fly into the forests and are never found.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, imagine if we are talking about like a like a Sasquatch or Bigfoot type, you know, entity, if you will. Um, I mean, imagine the hiding ability of one that's like eight to ten feet tall, you know. Mm -hmm. And okay, so now you have one that's like anywhere from like two and a half to like four feet tall. Mm -hmm. I mean, that you would never find that thing. Yeah. I mean, not not to mention like. I'm not going after it.
0: This thing's still oh, no. This is another concept that I never really thought about. You know, like you hear about like the, uh, like in the Sierra Sounds tapes. You oh, know yeah. that, that uh, the samurai chatter? Samurai chatter and stuff. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's kind of an interesting concept to think about like, okay, let's say these creatures do exist and they're located in different parts of the world. Mm-hmm. And just like we are as humans, separated by like vast oceans or land. Mm hmm we have our own dialects and languages and all that. So would these, if they're capable of making a language, they would oh, yeah. also, you know? And so
1: that idea is something that I never really thought about. And it's kind of uh, it's kind of cool. Yeah, the 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 language thing to me has always just been um I don't know, it I, I think it's so fascinating because it it really does add like a like a human element to it. You know, it's like I think you're, you're hardcore, like, flesh and blood, like, you know, sci- Sasquatch researchers are like, oh, no, it's, it's you know, this upright hominid. It's probably an offshoot of uh, Gigantopithecus. It's definitely an ape. But to me, it's like once you involve, like, these accounts, and, and this stuff goes, I mean, almost in all of them, you'll hear this, like, certain, like, speech patterns or certain, like, you know ways of communication whether it be like wood knocks and like stuff like that it's like to me that that adds like that human element you know into the oh, yeah. the the scenario and it's like okay we're not we're, we're no longer dealing with like just just a random like ape you know yeah i know it's wild man let me uh, <laughs> wild man
0: there it is <laughs> um all right let me read some of these other descriptions because then it gets it gets kind of cool so this one is called the sea bagua People say that the sea bagua are one of the species of a wrong They are of a retiring disposition and prefer to lead a lonely life. They work as guardians or shepherds of swine. They live in jungles, having ponds where swine-like living. According to old hunters, any swine that is under guardianship of the sea bagua will never be caught, no matter how good your hounds are. For the swine will follow the swift flight of the sea bagua into the thickest part of the forest. Their skin is the same as that of the leche. They are about the height of a child of three or four years of age. So there you go. That's oh, more yeah. like smaller. Mm-hmm. This one's called the mawas. According to the people of Mingacabua, the mawas are not the same as the orang pendik. The mawas are a type of orang outang. And their body features exactly resemble those of a human being. Their height is the same, blah, 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 blah. Oh, weird. Listen to this. The differences are between them and a human that they do not know how to clothe themselves and their feet are turned backward, i.e., the heels are in the front and the toes are pointed backwards. That's such a, that's like a, I think that's like a Japanese. Wow, dude. They will show fight. They will. I don't know what show fight means, but in 1932, I guess that meant they'll fight you. Mm. If, interfered, if interfered with by human beings, they're very clever at throwing stones, which, you know, that's something that is relatively common um, with Bigfoot.
1: That yeah, the, the, that other, like yeah, the, the, the Rockets. Yeah. So, so real quick, just to clarify, I, I'm a little confused. So like all of these, to kind of bring it
0: back, all of these article, I mean, all of these like sort of Creatures mm-hmm. are thought to be potentially what the creature is seen in Bukitima. Oh, okay, Earth, okay. Okay. That we, you know, call either the Singapore monkey man or the Singapore, you know, Bigfoot or whatever. Mm-hmm. That's kind of what happened. And, and, you know, I think I said earlier, I think I was wrong. I, I think one of the first reports potentially came back in 1805, which was before the colonial British discovery of Singapore. Mm hmm. And it was like a Malaysian elder
1: who claimed to have seen an up, walk, upright walking monkey face creature in that area, mm. and so so he the the monkey man kind of falls into the umbrella of like the orang pendek, yeah, and like and orang
0: types of yeah leche those types of creatures, and and the that article specifically is kind of just illustrating that there are various maybe subspecies or maybe some like kind of blurry slash gray area in between all of that, you know, whether it's pygmy humans that are living deep within the jungles and a creature that also does, and maybe they're learning from one another. You know, the the last one that this article kind of talked about was this creature that may even know how to build houses. Man, that's amazing. We
1: haven't,
0: we haven't really talked about this part about Bigfoot on our show before, but you know, there are reports and people, you know, you can find this online and stuff, where people have found, like, potential Bigfoot homes and, and things where they go out into the woods for a hike and they see this, like, strangely built kind of shelter area. Mm-hmm. And, you know, people were thinking it's like a Bigfoot kind of... Uh, what's the word I'm looking
1: for, man? Not uh, a nest, but... You're talking about, like, like, the tree structures and stuff? Like the... Yeah, yeah, yeah. It almost looks like, if you can imagine, like, a teepee without the cloth. Exactly. exactly. Yep. Um yep. Actually, man, we my family went camping and I'm always a little dubious because it is one of those things that it's just kind of, I mean, like, you know, when when we were kids and stuff, it's like, it, they're fun to like build. You just kind of stack trees on themselves, you know, and then eventually you just get thicker and thicker. Yeah. But like, man, we did run across one one time that was like massive. Mm. And I mean, I, you know, I, I, I didn't want to just come straight up and be like, Oh, that's 100%, you know, A big a bigfoot, you know, den or whatever. But I mean, you do see a lot of those. You know, we're talking like full size trees, you know, stacked on top of each other, like big enough to where
0: it would be extremely, Mm -hmm. not impossible, but (laughs) pretty darn close to impossible for a single man to. uh, And I don't mean single because you know he's down on his luck and doesn't (laughs) have. I'm talking about like just one person stacking these things on top of each other
1: yeah Yeah. which i I wonder you know the like i said before about like they're kind of known for like being able to like uproot like trees i Mm -hmm. wonder if that ties into that i wonder if that's a lot of the, the source of that you know yeah that part of the legend well here's something
0: else that's interesting about this uh monkey man so apparently there's this group of well they're called the Night Raiders, okay? And they're a group of explorers who investigate various locations around Singapore in the dark at night. God, okay? That's awesome. And apparently, and back in 2007, 2008, they had several sightings of the Singapore Bigfoot or the wow. Bukitima monkey man. And they said that using some quote-unquote paranormal equipment that they had mm-hmm. they were able to capture a couple of split seconds of this creature
1: man that's cool and we'll kind of include that now is, sure is this really like here. team that does this are they out of singapore or are they yeah okay cool they're the night raiders oh, man, that's really cool. it says
0: the bukit-tima monkey man commonly abbreviated as btm or btmm is a creature said to inhabit singapore chiefly in the forested bukit Timah region the creature is often cited as a forest dwelling hominid or primate and is also accounted for being immortal mm. however its exact identity remains unknown and its existence disputed wow the documentation of the btm is sparse and scattered the creature is largely considered a product a product of local lore and even it kind of talks about how like some folks even kind of maybe think that it might even be a gin.
1: Oh man. Now so you're
0: talking. We'll things. post the photos of what they're saying are photos of this creature mm-hmm. kind of peeking around this tree. And uh, I'm going to show them to you right now. Hold yeah, on, please. Just one second. Whoa. That's creepy, right? Now the hard part about modern technology is, And you know, man, as a graphic designer, how relatively easy it would be to create a, uh, you know, a photo hoax, basically a fake Mm -hmm.
1: photo of a, of a creature. I don't know what to think about this one. Yeah. Well, I, I will say this as a graphic designer, it's, it is actually harder to, you know, because the photo is like super low res, I'm sure it was probably a, trail cam and it's it's actually harder to sort of integrate your you know if i were to put like a bigfoot in there in like a low-res photo it's actually harder to do that than like a you know high-res super sharp photo at least in my experience to 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 make it look sort of legit you know what i mean yeah i mean i guess maybe you just like i don't know the technique but just like copy 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 until the copy
0: becomes so distorted
1: oh I mean in theory you- but it's it, it's a lot harder to do that than I mean you could throw in like gaussian blurs and and all that kind of stuff but I mean it looks yeah I'm on the fence man I'm 50 50 on this because it
0: definitely looks creepy like yeah it's weird no matter what and at the end of the day look here's the thing
1: and I don't know if you want me to talk a little bit more in depth of a wrong pindic yeah, um man, while into- we're on it I mean might as well right I mean should we should do, this just be like a partial orang pendek. Yeah, I think so. Maybe. Yeah. Okay. So, orang pendek is also
0: kind of known as the little man of the Sumatra jungle. Mm-hmm. And according to tradition, the first recorded sighting of orang pendek dates back all the way to 1295 when Marco Polo wow. saw it on one of his expeditions to the island uh,
1: uh, to uh, Sumatra. All now, right, here's we the thing. real quick. We've talked about this before, but there is nothing cooler to me and you. Than having these like accounts come from like historical figures. Like,
0: oh, my that gosh. is amazing. No man.
1: kidding, man. I mean, like, that, I don't know. It's just so much cooler than,
0: oh, I found it on Reddit. Right. You right. know, because again, it's not because Reddit sucks or whatever, or, uh, you know, two chain, a <laughs> chain, four chain. It's just that there's zero barrier of entry, and it's so easy for, like, a mm-hmm. random thought to just catch fire, and then next thing you know, everybody's like, oh, man, this is real, you yeah, know, right, and that right. it just sucks about the internet. Yeah. Okay, but this is from, like, I'm, I've am i got a book in my hand right now. Whoa. I'm looking at, it's printed in, you know, ink. Mm-hmm. There's no changing it, you know, mm-hmm. and it's talking about this. Now, well, I will man, say I that, that I want to, yeah, true. I want to kind of cross-reference this and maybe go back and and read that Marco Polo book that I have and see if he mentions this. But anyhow, in 1916, though, uh, in 1916, uh, Dr. Edward Jacobson wrote in a Dutch scientific journal of his encounter with one of these creatures. Mm -hmm. Since Dr. Jacobson's sighting, there have been many accounts of people seeing the Orang Pendek. Yeah, like you said, many witnesses described it as being about five feet tall and, and being covered with Short dark hair, which is a little different than the Singapore one. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Singapore one, you know, is said to have gray hair. But hey, look, man, maybe it was an old one. Maybe it was
1: Grandpa. I mean, I <laughs> I, I think that's totally uh, a possibility. You know? Yeah. Um, I mean, do monkeys get gray when they get old? Though I don't. Yeah, yeah dude. Yeah, they start getting gray. In fact, I, I just read an article a while back talking about. um Gosh, I, I probably should have looked into this before, but I said it, but. I think it's the Kentucky goat man, oh, yeah. Um is sort of encrypted, and a lot of people are starting to think now that like that whole thing wasn't a goatman at all, but an actual like aging, graying bigfoot, oh, which is pretty cool. that is really cool, yeah yeah, I, I totally think that's possible but but also I we'll return after these messages. this is Bryce Johnson from the Bigfoot collectors club. And you're listening to Tyler and Woody on that would be rad because that is rad. I do think that there's, you know, you have like albino accounts of these Mm -hmm. things you have, but, and then, you know, you look into like the Yeti and they're, you know, they have white fur. Yeah. Uh, So I think it, I think it, I think it's going to be environmental. Yeah, I do too. just like just like
0: regular you know cre- creatures and animals. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I think that's awesome. And again, it goes back to what we say time and time again, which is if these things were discovered in nowadays, mm-hmm. it would be less believable. Mm-hmm. But because like people all around the world at a time when right. like communication was much harder to mm-hmm. just travel the world like that all these people are having all these different experiences with creatures that are similar. And so to me, yeah. that gives it more sort of credence. But, oh, okay. totally. Yeah. Uh, it says that it's definitely bipedal. Its arms are proportioned more like that of a human, though, rather than the extended arms of the ape. Mm. Most remarkably, the Orang Pendek have been heard conversing with one another in some unintelligible language. Oh, wow. Debbie Martyr, former editor of a London newspaper, went in search of the elusive Sumatran Ape Man and returned in March 1995. The whole time she was on the plane she was listening to uh, Definitely Maybe by Oasis. Mm. I'm just kidding. That's not in the book. Uh, She had numerous consistent eyewitness accounts of the wrong pendick and plaster casts of its Mm. footprints. She stated that she even saw the creature for herself on three different occasions. She remarked that he is wonderfully camouflaged. If he freezes, you can't see him. Yeah.
1: Also, he prefers Oasis over Blur. <laughs> just kidding. She didn't say that either. Dude, okay. dude, it, synchronicity abounds. And again, I hate to derail you here, but I literally was just watching this video earlier this morning about. Do you know that song too, which is arguably Blur's most biggest giant hit? Yeah. yeah. Well, U.S. hit. Yeah. You know that it was a total joke they they made the entire song uh the the from his vocals just being like literally like your reference vocals to and it broke down like so you could hear like the the vocals isolated Mm -hmm. it was recorded so sloppy that like (laughs) that like the guitar was is actually louder than the vocals like as far as the bleed uh man but it was a total joke and they were like okay we're gonna do this song And we're just going to make up words and make it silly and make it really messy and show the labels as like a joke. And the label, you know, I'm sure the A&R guys came in. They played it for them and they were like, this is a hit. I mean, it is so catchy. And it's so funny to me
0: Mm -hmm. that like, well, first, let me say this. During the Oasis Blur feud, Mm -hmm. I was Team Oasis all the way. But I still liked Blur. Okay? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But what's too. funny to me is them describing, oh, this is us being silly. Because if you're not familiar with Blur other than that song, go back into their previous albums and it's just like, boys, that's like girls. It's like way more pop. I mean, way more poppy. And so when they released this song, it was like, whoa, man, this is really cool. Yeah. And so, like, I mean, I that that whole album has some really cool stuff too, like Beetlebum and like there's some really good, um,
1: but nothing sad ballad. Or, nothing um, sounds like no nothing sounds like that yeah. so and, and that was to me that was the disappointing thing because it was sort of like like when i heard song 2 i was like man this is badass it's almost like like a garage rock type post-punk kind of like weird like you didn't really know what it was but then none of the other stuff sounds yeah close you know so yeah it's not like that heavy but
0: there's some really good songs in there
1: mm-hmm.
0: Any i'm still a
1: stereophonics guy Oh, I love
0: stereophonics, yeah. yeah. I mean, we could go on and we could do an entire episode. Maybe we'll do that on the Patreon one day where I just go straight through my Britpop oh, I love it. Yeah, like recommendations mm-hmm. and uh, do like a curated history of my love for Britpop. Mm. So back to Debbie Martyr. She said the first time that she sighted the Orangpendix, she admitted that she was so shocked that she didn't take a picture. She hadn't really expected to see something so contrary to what she'd expected, a bipedal erect primate. She remarked that the Orang Pendek is so well camouflaged because its colors correspond to those of the forest floor Mm. beige, tawny, rust red, yellow, tan, and chocolate brown. If the creature remains immobile, she said, it was impossible to see. In October 29th, 2001, the London Times reported that an early analysis of hair samples taken by a British expedition to the mountain rainforest near that area in Sumatra did not appear to have come from any known primate in the area. Mm, that's cool. All in, like, nobody really knows. And here's the thing about these jungles, too. While there are all kinds of different animals, potentially these included, there's also, like, just... <laughs> you ever heard of the Sumatran tiger? mm mm-hmm. Right? And so, like, you're not. this isn't really, like, an area that you just kind of want to break out the old magnifying glass and take a leisurely stroll through. Right. This is like a dense, tropical rainforest with creatures that are so poisonous, you know, you'll die the second they bite you. Instantly, yeah. I mean, tigers that'll just eat you alive. Uh, You know, I've told that story before when my dad was on Sumatra and just running through the jungles to keep in shape. And the people were like, dude, you cannot do that. (laughs) There's tigers everywhere. So you're talking about an area that's super dangerous and there's all sorts of theories Ultimately, no one really knows what these creatures are. There's some theories that think that like maybe it's some sort of hybrid species. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's just a an evolved species that has just been able to survive in that region. Mm-hmm. I don't know, man. It's super cool. And and any excuse for me to kind of talk about that side of the world and reminisce about those jungles and the just being overseas, just I couldn't wait to kind of talk about that. But either the Orang pendek or this Bukit Tima monkey man, either way you slice it, there's something in those jungles that people are seeing. Oh yeah, man. And it's just fascinating that even to this
1: day, we still don't know what it is. Yeah. I'm really glad too that, because once you brought up like Singapore and my mind immediately went to the Orang pendek. So I'm super glad that the, you know, we kind of combine the two for this episode and, and I like the the possible like overlap. Now, the thing that I'm sort of wondering or proposing even is from that article you said like 1936 or uh, 1932, yeah. 32, 32. I mean, it sounds to me like they're 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 sort of explaining or sort of breaking down like three different things. Well, it's almost like uh hold on, let
0: me get back to it takes a second because um first my my computer has to download a virus and then <laughs> and then i'm able to access it so you know hey they really one two three f- there's like four different main ones that they're describing
1: yeah in this article i mean but it sounds um, like they kind of vary so i mean honestly oh, yeah i c- i could see i mean you know i mean obviously we i think for most of us uh, especially americans we think of the Amazon as being like the jungle, like, you know, the yeah. super thick, dense, you know, wild kind of jungle. And so, I mean, I think it's completely still within the realm of possibility that, that you, I mean, maybe they are pygmies, maybe like the pygmies mm-hmm. of, was it New Zealand that the discovery a while back? Uh, no, I think it was like close to the islands of Indonesia. Oh, really? Wow. I was thinking it was New Zealand. Um, Yeah, I mean, maybe it's maybe there. There's that. Maybe they were a, a, you know, a tribe that just kept going further and further, you Mm -hmm. know, into the jungle as like civilization kind of happened. And then maybe there's also, I mean, heck, for all we know, man, maybe they are pygmies, but they're just they're so good at like hiding because you got to think your your natural like defense. I mean, the smaller you are in the jungle, the the more dangerous it is. So for all we know, anytime they're out, you know, sort of um, uh, traveling or hunting or any of that stuff, I mean, maybe they're just wearing these, like, full sort of ghillie suits, Mm -hmm. um, you know. Now, I don't think that completely explains away, like, the red eyes, like Mm -hmm. you were talking about with the monkey man. But I think there could be several different things happening. My mind, the second thing my mind went to was... Uh, and i kind of want to do an episode on its own about this so i'm not going to get real deep into it but the vietnamese rock apes have I don't you ever know heard much of those? about them man. it's pretty fascinating and again i want to do a full episode but like they were kind of like there's some sightings with them having the the red eyes and i wonder if some of that is like a type of eye shine or is it straight up illuminating because it, if it is like an illuminating a self-illuminating thing that's also kind of fascinating because it sort of to me at least it, it sort of blends back into that like Asian, very like supernatural, you yeah. know, tinged, you know, accounts of these things. But but the thing that, that is interesting about the rock apes is like they would um they, you know, obviously they're known to like throw rocks at like the soldiers in Vietnam. And there's even like several accounts where they were they would throw back like live grenades. What? Which is pretty fast, yeah. And, and there's like other accounts where, like, uh, I mean, you'll read stories where, like, you know, somebody will happen upon like, a, like a guy that, like, his both of his arms are completely like ripped off, and like Jeez. super strong, super, you know, pretty aggressive, mm. you know. Uh, but I mean, you, you got to think about it. Like, okay, take this setting that we're talking about, like with the orang uh, pendek and the monkey man, and you know, now you ha- have, like, soldiers, like, shooting and throwing grenades and, and like, basically having warfare in your your jungle home, and it's like, all right, enough of this. I'm going to attack, you know? So it kind of yeah, makes yeah. sense that, like, they would turn aggressive, you know?
0: Well, it kind of reminds me, well, there's a couple things that it reminds me of. First, I'm sure I mentioned this before to you, but did I, I told, like, I, waiting for the bus in Indonesia one time, I got slammed right in the, face this monkey that was on a power line like threw a freaking fruit seed and hit me right in the mouth <laughs> Jeez, and, yeah it was uh that was awesome and then uh, thank goodness it wasn't poop um yeah, yeah and then it also reminds me of um the newer planet of the apes sort of trilogy right you oh, yeah these, right like intelligent apes and mm-hmm. all of a sudden they like start to adapt the weapons first it starts with primitive weapons right and then they steal the guns from the humans, and now they're using them crudely, but they're still using them, right? And so mm-hmm. it's like, man, I mean, just that kind of thing happening in the jungles. And here's something else to keep in mind, folks, like in this area. So Indonesia, for example, is a, it, it, I think, said to have almost 18,000 or more islands, 6,000 of which are inhabited, right? Wow. And so it wasn't too long ago that, you know, you can see some footage of like, you know, the helicopter flying over one of these islands, and it's, like, this dude that's painted head to toe, and, like, one is, like, painted... And this might have been Brazil. I could be kind of mixing them up, but, like... And I thought it was, like... Anyhow, there was, like, a primitive guy. Are you talking tribal about the, 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 guy, the link like, that you sent me? Like, those, that crazy No, tribe? not those.
1: I, I, we, was, we're going to dive into
0: that. Holy
1: cow. Man. But which was
0: in by, the 1920s, right?
1: Yes, which, by yeah. the way, dude, I have... I needed to I need to send you this link. I found on the Internet Archive there's a book that's like, you know, six hundred dollars you can't find mm-hmm. it anywhere. Yep. But they have that full book and it's an entire book on like photographs, f- right? Just all photographs, yeah. dude. It's like amazing. they're so crazy looking that I didn't
0: even believe they were real. Yeah, me too. You know? I thought they um, were just modern. Like Yeah. So there's still places on Earth basically where mm-hmm. human beings mm-hmm. have never seen a helicopter, or, you know, held an iPhone in their hand, and and are still, like, terrified by, you know, people that aren't in their tribe, Mm -hmm. and there's, like, some either movie or documentary that I was watching where this guy is trying to, like, communicate with these, I think they are cannibals, Mm. and, you know, he brings the camera, and it took them so long for them to, like, come up to him and they were, like, super scared, and they are like, yelling stuff, and and he would try to, like, give them things and, and stuff, and it, it was just super interesting. And so hmm. places like this still exist in the world, and it's really hard to kind of wrap your mind around in 2023 oh, yeah. when we're recording this that yeah. that is real. Yeah. But, you know, it is. And so it could be, to me, a lot of these accounts could be a kind of a mixture of, of a lot of things. First, if it's someone of, like, European descent or something coming here in the early you know i don't know naval period they could mix it all they could mistakenly sort of identify a pygmy tribe as like some sort of creature that they're not sure of you know
1: i mean and, and especially if they're if they're camouflaged they have they're basically wearing like a ghillie suit right You know, yeah I it mean, can it could appear like more animalistic
0: you know right right but the fact that Things are still being
1: seen, potentially. Yeah, that's, that's you know. the interesting thing. Yeah. Super cool. This is a little off topic, but the, you know, talking about those tribes, I'm pretty sure I mentioned it before on the show, but I, I definitely want to do a full show on uh, the concept of, like, what's called cargo cults. Have you heard about this? No. Uh-uh. Um, I mean, I think we've talked about it. it. It's basically this idea. There's one that's kind of like a... a sort of the more widely known one, but it's basically like, you know, this tribe that, that they didn't discover until I mean maybe like the eighties. And basically what had happened was a plane, like a I think it was a US plane went down, maybe it was a British plane, went down, you know, crashed into the jungles. And they discovered it, you know, it would have been back in the sixties or fifties or, or you know, whenever. Um, and, you know, when they were discovered, like in the, I can't remember if it's 70s, 80s, mm-hmm. uh, when they were discovered, people were like, whoa, what is going hmm. on here? And they had like, they ha- they were doing like their art was basically like the, I, I, and again, I can't remember if it's like the Ministry of Defense or if it was like the US, USAF, like Air Force, like they had those symbols Mm. And they realized that, like, oh, like these they people— came from the sky. They came they from the it, sky. Yeah, I they, remember this. They were yeah. our gods, and so instead of a cross or whatever, they they basically put the emblem that was on the the wing of the plane, uh, and that was their that was basically their religion. It's just yeah, that's so fascinating. The, man. They kind of they kind of it is very fascinating. They kind of pay homage
0: to that to in um one of the newer sort of star trek movies uh mm. they go to save this planet and they know that they have to like take some I, I don't know the the short version of the story is essentially they take something these primitive beings on this planet are like chasing after them mm-hmm. and then the enterprise just like busts through the ocean it was hiding because they are not supposed to let these primitive people see it and mm. not let them know that they interfered essentially with all oh, right to save yeah. it and then they escape death the 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 crew, mm-hmm. they beam on board of the Enterprise, and it flies off, and then you just see this like primitive guy like drawing the shape of the Enterprise, oh. and everybody like bowing down, and so yeah. it's that same concept, man, yeah, of cool. like, yeah, you know, th- all of a sudden something falls from the sky, yeah, and you're thinking like, oh, this is the gods, you know, th- uh, what's that uh, movie? The gods must be crazy, right? Isn't that like from the? I
1: don't know if so it was so the late long.
0: '70s or early '80s. I think it's the '80s. Something yeah. fall,
1: like I think a Coke bottle or something falls from the sky, and like. I don't remember it. Clay will know. I mean, yeah, Clay will definitely know. <laughs> it, I mean, it's almost, you know, kind of like Star Wars too, where, mm-hmm. you know, C three PO. It's like, oh, he's a god because, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, gold and, yeah, yeah. That's really fascinating. I, I, I still, I still think that there could be a lot of different things, playing out in this. Mm-hmm. I, I've, I've never heard, um, which is interesting because. You were able to find it in a 1932, like, paper, mm-hmm. but I'd never heard of, like, the, the different, like, offshoots, like the Aram yeah. Leche and then, like, those. I think that's pretty That's pretty that's really fascinating. Cool. Yeah. yeah. And again,
0: like I said, any excuse for me to, like, talk about my old stomping grounds mm-hmm. is uh, it's
1: hard for me to resist, so I hope, so, uh, hope you enjoyed that. Real quick is, you know, like, the terminology, like, born with a silver spoon in your mouth, <laughs> d- does that apply... To like Asian countries, like born with a silver pair of chopsticks. Or? Yeah, I'm not sure. <laughs> and, and also, <clears> it's funny. <throat> did, you, did you my kids have been getting into stuff? Like both of them
0: or? eat like whenever we eat, like, they love chopsticks. Mm-hmm. And so, like if we go eat, you know, Japanese or anything like that, they even have their own pair here at home. Oh yeah. Um, but one thing, and you might not know this, but traditionally in Indonesia, they don't use chopsticks. They eat with their hands. That's correct. Yep. And so I was telling my kids, you know, like, you know, you go to a traditional Indonesian restaurant and they've got like this little small bowl filled with like lemon water that you like dip mm-hmm. your hands in first and all this. And uh, they're like, what? Really? <laughs> and I was like, yeah. And both of them are like, that kind of sounds cool. And I'm like, yeah, well, stomach bugs are plenty." Okay.
1: Yeah, my wife would not be down with that. Mm-mm. And for the most part, like,
0: you just ask them for a fork. I mean, everything's so like westernized now. mm hmm that you know, there's places to go and, and things to eat that are sort of new, newbie friendly kind of
1: yeah, yeah. Yeah, that that is one of the things that, that you know, as a as a dad of, of two young kids also, I'm always like hesitant. Like Courtney would be like, man, we should go here and it's like, I just don't know uh for two kids that only eat PB and J's and maybe chicken tenders occasionally it's like i just i just don't know how difficult this trip is going to be you know to, to where now like just anywhere pretty yeah much. it's gonna be difficult yeah well dude it has been a pleasure i have had an awesome time hearing about this stuff you definitely did you definitely did surprise me with a lot of stuff that i'd never heard before so bravo to you thank if, you thank you if you guys the listeners would like to hit us up online the majority of everything happens over on instagram feel free to jump in the comment section. Uh, if you want to tell us a story or your own personal, you know, paranormal account, feel free to shoot us a DM. Or if it's more long form, head on over to thatwouldberadpod at gmail.com. Or even better, if you would like to tell your own story, uh, I mean, you could send a voice memo to our email as well, but just that would be radpodcast.com, which you can, which has like the, you know, the feature which is my favorite thing um where you can basically tell your story you know directly to the site which is really awesome and we would love 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 to hear those stories we have several stockpiled and uh you know we kind of try to save them for special occasions but man we love that kind of stuff so if any of you guys have you know whether it's just urban legends urban lore in your area to you know, sort of folklore or you know cryptids in your area—just those like super obscure, like localized things. That's the stuff that we are obsessed with. And so, feel free to shoot that over, and you know, we'll throw some sound design and some cool music behind it. And uh, or or you know, if you're not comfortable uh, using your own voice, we totally understand, and either of us will read it and uh, you know make it cool. But any of that stuff, uh, we welcome. Get out there and tell a single friend about the show. It makes a huge difference. Uh, give us a five-star review if you have some extra time on your hands. Also, if you're not getting enough on this main feed and you just gotta have a little more rad, head on over to Patreon and join the Rabbit Trail, which is our Patreon. It means a lot to us, and uh, we really appreciate all of the support for you guys over on the Patreon. Mm-hmm. Woody, you got anything else? I think that's uh, I think that's about it man. All right pal. Well, we love you. We appreciate you and as always. Be rad. That's the way you goes. Hey boys and girls, welcome back to your favorite podcast, That Would Be Rad. The podcast that majors in 80s and 90s... Oh God.
0: Hey, pa-
1: hey pals, welcome back to your favorite podcast, That Would Be Rad. The podcast that majors in 80s and 90s nostalgia, comic culture, all thing paranormal. God almighty. All, all things, all thing paranormal. I am your captain now. Uh, man, that was a... Boy, that was a heck of a yeah. Those were <laughs> a reference pull there, there. left field peninsula.